This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovis Indiana. This is the podcast where we explore all things ag bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science and ag tech. We're joined today by a proven entrepreneur turned venture capitalist. He's been a commercial developer, a pioneer in the at-home internet service, fascinating, an investment banker and a tech company CEO. Now he leads one of the most active venture capital firms in the country from right here in Indiana. Welcome, Christopher Toaf Day, CEO of Elevate Ventures. How's it going, Mitch? Happy to be here. Toaf, I am elated you're here, my friend. You and I have known each other for years, but it wasn't until I dug in a little deeper to your story that I learned more about this incredible journey you've been on that really has taken from commercial development to being a pioneer in the cable and internet business to leading startups to now an investor. Help fill in the dots, help fill in the pieces of the story that we've missed and share more about the TOF story. Yeah, so absolutely. So um, so I grew up in Indiana on a small farm about an hour north of here. So ag is is near and dear to my heart. Where, where's home? Uh, so a little town called Buck Creek. Buck Creek, Indiana. Yep. If you're listening in Buck Creek. Yes, absolutely. It's between Lafayette and Delphi. So Love kind it. of out in the sticks. It was a total blast. I learned a lot, learned how to think, uh, the work ethic, all those kind of fun things. And um, we'd get on these little, these yellow buses, right? And we would go to these places and go past these pyramids, right? And those, are, those are the three pyramids on the north side of Indianapolis. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who, who works in those buildings? Or we would go up to Merrillville and ride the escalators in the mall. And I'm like, this is really cool. Or go to Chicago, you know, Museum of Science and Industry. So I think it was just a, 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 a insatiable, is that the right word? Mm-hmm, sure. Appetite to, to just learn and experience, right? What's out there in the world. And so... Um, I started my first, so we, you know, we were poor, we were broke, grew up on a particle board floor. We were German Baptist. I call it Amish people with wills, but, um, <laughs> but so <laughs> we, we were expected to go to college and it was like, figure it out. Right. So I started a painting company. I had 14 employees in college and, um, went to Purdue and, and then, uh, got out of Purdue and I was in commercial development in the first kind of five years. And then by accident, I started that broadband company and the rest is kind of history. So. Um, just trying to make it better, right? So a lot of cable companies would string cables across sidewalks and across buildings and commercial you know, developers and multifamily owners don't like that. So we figured out some technology to turn on, turn off cable at people's homes remotely. Um, and then we sold that business to, to Comcast and then those customers called and said, we have some utility problems. And so we started an automated meter reading company. Just one thing led to another, right? Just listening to people's pain points and we'd listen to a hundred or a thousand ideas before we pick one. And just kind of one thing, led to another all throughout that. Um, I think it was 10 companies roughly in total. So a lot of fun. Incredible. And most recently CEO of Demand Jump, a, yes. a marketing tech company here in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Demand Jump, it, it took five years to figure it out, but cracked the nut on, on how to really align organic alignment to customer behavior to rank on page one the most efficiently. So good. So good. Now, Tove, in July, Crunchbase named Elevate the second most active venture investor in the country, I think only behind Y Combinator, if yes. memory serves correctly. Now, share with us more. Elevate Ventures, clearly a known to many, but maybe some are new to the Elevate Ventures world. Share with us what you do and what the focus of Elevate is. Yep. So today, the focus of Elevate is really to help more com- more green shoots, right? To help more companies get started, co-invest with other existing uh, investors in the pre-seed and seed stage and even early stage, so all the way to Series A. So we'll write checks typically as sometimes they'll go as low as 20,000, wow. um, but up to uh, $2 million. And then in any one entity, sometimes we'll go as much as $4 million 
Um, but, but the whole thought is we have a lot of really smart, innovative, great people here in the state of Indiana. How can we help them bring their ideas to life? Uh, and co-invest uh, with them to get their idea off the ground, get them faster from zero to 100,000, 100 to a million, a million to 5 million beyond. It is amazing the work that your team has done. I think yep. of Jacob Spock's been a great partner to the yep. ag bioscience economy as we bring companies here from all around the world. This is more than a venture fund though, right? I mean, yep. when you look at Elevate, there is a couple pieces of this portfolio. Share more there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so several things. So number one, we have regional partnerships around the state. So we play in uh, all, uh, we have four regional partnerships throughout the state. We've invested in companies um, in 87 of the 92 counties. Um, we have a venture development program um, where we really help more than just writing a check, right? So how can we help these companies either find talent they need, right, to fill out their executive team or their senior leadership team? Um, how can we help them with sales and marketing, right, with acceleration? So we're launching the Sales and Marketing Accelerator. We have 11 cohorts getting ready to start here September 8th Great, and really help accelerate them. Um, so just leaning in and how can we connect, you know, people in you know, Evansville to someone in Indianapolis, to someone in Fort Wayne or Notre Dame or Purdue, wherever it may be, uh, you know how this works, right? You're doing the same thing here at Agronovis. Uh, so being really intentional, right? About those introductions and bringing different ideas together to, to make something happen. When we look broadly, to if you have a, a remit that is the entire economy here in Indiana, we look at the ag bioscience economy, a $52 billion revenue economy here in the state. How are you and your team thinking about a real intentional focus on these key sectors of the Indiana economy? Yep. And how does that shape the next chapter of the organization under your leadership? Yeah, that I love that question, Mitch, because historically, uh, over 50% of our portfolio is, is in B2B. Yeah, right? Right. Largely, we've been kind of a B2B tech, you know, kind of a state. And so we're leaning into ag tech, for Good. example, right? So reaching out to people like Johnny Park at Wynn, right? And learning about more about what they're doing and, and how can we be helpful? Um, right. Talking with you, um, talking with people like Lewis and Clark, they have a big ag tech fund. Great. They're people. coming in town here soon. Right. And they want to learn how we can work together more and be more intentional about helping, um, some of these new ideas. Like I, I love what Wynn's doing, right. Because they literally have this network of, of farms. What is it? 27 farms roughly, I think with 320,000 plus acres. So they can take these new ideas and new technology and put it to work right away in a very intentional way to see, you know, it, it, is it going to drive our return on investment or how does it need to be tweaked, you know? And so if you think about the power of that and then how that can impact not only Indiana, but the nation and the globe, right, with different ways of, of thinking about how we, you know, how we grow grain or, or right. even fish or, you know, one of your previous guests today, right? How do we think differently um, about feeding the world and, and the power of the corporate partners we have here, right? Like Bex and Corteva, those types of folks. Um, so we definitely look at ag tech as a big part of our growth. Uh, that's terrific. I mean, you, you've made some big moves into ag tech. We see the B Corp, I believe, is a portfolio yes. company. We've seen a number of these companies sort of emerge out of Indiana. And Tove, I am elated to hear your focus on, you know, Secretary of uh, Commerce Brad Chambers talks about the economy of the future. Yep. These are the economy of the future type companies. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think I, I think working more intentionally together, like collaboratively, right? So we have some big plans when it comes to, so we're, we're starting to really deduce everything down to thinking about capital, community, and acceleration. Love it. So it's, we're pretty excited. Yeah, clarity, clarity of vision, clarity of purpose, yep. always helpful. Now you just published your first half 2020 venture or 2022 venture report. 
report report saw some some really mixed signals. I think. Yep. Uh, saw some overall investment slow down over the last six months. Give us a sense. What are you What are you feeling? What are you hearing when you're talking with companies? Is this really a factor or really a function of the macroeconomic slowdown, the headwinds that we see with inflation? What's driving this slowdown in venture and what's ahead? Yep, it, it is. So I think several things. So so at the macro level, inflation, right? So so a lot of uh, venture firms are you know getting alligator arms, right? They're not sure where the economy is headed, what's going to happen. You know, will companies pull back with their spend in various sectors? And so we definitely have seen multiple compression and, and I, yes. I would say it's significant multiple compression, you know, at 30% plus or minus, um, good companies, um, and great companies, they're getting funded. And th there are some, there are some adjustments though happening in those, those rounds. Uh, sometimes that equates to a down round. Sometimes it's a flat round or sometimes it's just not big of a step up as you might want. And I think also people are looking more closely at burn. Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, let's say somebody was burning 300,000 or something a month. Well, they might want to see a, a plan put in place that you reduce that burn to 150, you know, cut that burn maybe in half and really make sure you have strong visibility into a 24 month runway. But the, the, the people that I'm talking to, right, whether CEOs of the companies or the venture funds, they're still extremely bullish on the, the innovative opportunities. Um, but they're just being maybe a little bit more selective um, and trying to be a little bit more intentional with how far they can stretch that dollar, depending on what stage the company's at. It's a really an interesting view of where things are. My thought is, so you have these funds who have went out, raised significant amounts of capital from LPs. Yep. And, you know, they do not expect a 2% return uh, in, in right. terms of interest. Right. So yep. they have to deploy capital. Yep. So there is this, at some point, the bubble and the brake line will work itself out, right? Yep, I, I, I totally think so. I, I think, you know, this will work itself out over the next 24 months. Um, but I do, you know, to all the companies that are listening out there, um, just get really intentional, right? Because a, a, a good or a great company, you know, six months ago, it doesn't mean they're a bad company today. It just right. means they're facing some headwinds. And so, you know, some of those companies have taken on venture debt. And, and that can be a little bit of a scary thing. There's, I, you know, there's, depending on who the bank is, some venture debt banks operate differently. They're not necessarily all equal. But what's really unfortunate is sometimes when covenants get triggered mm -hmm. and and then maybe the venture debt, you know, bank wants to come in with a heavy hand. And I, I think that's really unfortunate um, where the company just needs time to kind of work through work through some things. And I, I would really encourage any, any of our venture debt friends out there uh, I understand you've got your charter that you've got to you've got to work from, but in many instances, if if you can kind of exhale, take a deep breath, and look at the the underlying opportunity or innovation or fundamentals of the company, and figure out a way to to work collaboratively and productively to help give that company the time it it, it needs to work through or sort out whatever they're going through. And oftentimes that will result in more times than not that will result in a better outcome for all. Well, I think it's a really interesting time as well. I mean, traditionally, it's you go raise seed, maybe you have some angel, you go raise an A, you go raise a B, you go raise a C. Now we're really looking, I think, at a capital continuum where yep. debt may play a role. Yep. Mes debt may play a role. Yep. Venture debt may play a role. It, it, it is a really interesting time to be both in the CEO seat of saying, OK, how do I how do we optimize this for minimum dilution and maximum upside? Yep. And then on the lender side or the investor side, how do we think about filling a gap that doesn't exist today? Yeah, I think it's exactly right. And, and I, I I do believe that I see situations where companies start thinking about a, a debt facility 
I think sometimes too early. Um, when I, I know it's appealing, right, to give away a giveaway less equity, um, but if your fundamental, you know, model is not proven, tried and true, month in month out, and and you've done that for at least four quarters, um, I think I think people can jump into the debt world a little bit too early, and then it kind of gets them in trouble twelve months down the road if they have one hiccup, trigger a covenant. Mm-hmm. Then they then they find themselves in trouble. But I I do think there are there's a lot of capital sitting out there looking for um and and all that capital is not created equal right some some are willing to take more risks some aren't um but I, I would I would I've seen some companies who brought in multiple layers of debt um and it gets all stacked on top of each other there's different preferences etc and then when they're ready for a big round some of those large sophisticated VCs look at that convoluted kind of mess and they just walk away. It's too much brain damage yeah. for them. So I would just, uh, I would just uh, calm and steady kind of, you, you know, leads the way. Um, and just be really thoughtful about keeping your cap table. And, 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 and if you bring on debt, keeping that structure really clean. Yeah. Cap table hygiene is one that popped up. It saw this yesterday and I've never heard this before up round in name only. So this idea of where, yes, your EV is is higher, it's it's an up around, that's great. But by the time you factor in preferences and all right. these other things, yeah, it, it's an up around in name only. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes pref stacks can get too big too. Right. So you, you want to keep an eye on that, right? And that can cause issues in the next round. If that pref stack's getting too big, people might shy away. Or how do you, you know, how do you convert some of that pref stack to common and how will those investors react? Um, those things can get interesting to work through sometimes. How's pipeline looking for you? Pipeline looks great. We, we've seen no slowdown in, in pipeline. In fact, I, I feel like it's maybe even getting more robust. Um, there, there, there are just, there are so many opportunities. I, I think about this concept called a productivity boom and, and uh, I've got to give credit to a gentleman named Brett Swanson, a, an economist that wrote this paper I read, gosh, probably five, six, seven years ago. But the productivity boom, I, I kind of deduce it down to it, it's the collision of data and technology with all industries. Mm-hmm. And there are just so many opportunities popping up every single day that are disruptive in nature and how to do something better. And so I don't, I don't see a slowdown. We, we have uh, as much deal flow as, as we've ever had. Um, I mean, we're, we're meeting with, uh, I don't know, at least a dozen companies a week, probably. Um, and we, we have pitches coming through. We have two or three pitches every single week. It's great. Yeah. That is really great. I mean, and I think we're seeing here in central Indiana and Indiana at large, you know, our strength in SaaS software as a service really becoming a catalyst to your point for every sector of the economy, whether it's life sciences, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's pure tech or here in ag bioscience, these worlds are colliding in a way that's yeah. creating something really unique. Yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, as we travel around the state, you know, we go to a community that has maybe uh, the largest clinical trial data set in the country. And they're thinking about, well, how do we, you know, how can we work with IU Health or how can we work right. with Purdue Engineering to spin up, you know, ideas and, and innovative companies, you know, from this data set and, and coupling those engineers together and then IU Health to, to actually put it into practice. Um, those are the kinds of things I see that are really exciting. That's nah, fascinating. Okay. Toph, we have time for one question. One more question. Right. Is that okay? One more. All right. So you, uh, you've been in the seat now a, a bit. Yep. You've certainly been around Elevate. We're heading into a budget session at the Indiana General Assembly. We're in this world of geopolitical instability. You have inflation in a really tough spot. So what's the future look like for Elevate? 
So we're going to stay the course and we're going to expand. So everything we do today from, if you think about it from pre-seed all the way through early stage, um, we want to 2X that. So if we look at a fun, a typical fun life cycle, can I go on for about three minutes here? Sure. All right. So if we look at a typical fun life cycle, it's about 10 years, right? It's a typical fund. So if we look at the impact that Elevate's had on Indiana over the last 10 years, it's a $5 billion total impact. So as you mentioned earlier, Elevate is the, the number one uh, most active pre-seed and early stage VC in, in the Great Lakes region, number 20 in the country. Amazing. Um, we've invested about $140 million. That's been co-invested with another $2 billion. Our port codes have a $274 million annual payroll. That's a $2.7 billion impact over 10 years. We've invested in 487 companies. We've had 120 exits and 350 of those are still alive trying to grow today. Um, 86% of our investments get a follow-on round. So in the early, wow. early stages, the best in class we can find out there, which I think was Sequoia, uh, 73% of their companies get follow-on rounds. Uh, the average across all early stage VCs is 48%, and we're sitting at 86%. Um, we've co-invested with 2,326 other investors. We've impacted 3,796 companies. Um, and so that's all awesome, but we can do better. And so we, we want to double that activity and have even a bigger impact over the next 10 years in Indiana. We're also going to be playing in the uh, more in the growth equity. So you, you mentioned that funding continuum, the mm -hmm. capital continuum earlier. So if you think about pre-seed, seed, early stage, and then growth equity in the, in the maturation or maturity stages, um, so we want to, we're getting ready to, um, I'll just say we're getting ready to play in the growth equity side. Probably can't talk a whole lot about that at the moment. Um, but we are going to, we're going to, we're going to work up the funding continuum. And then, um, we, we also have some plans around, um, being really intentional about collaboration with a, with a physical innovation, uh, center that we're working on and also really working hard on a, uh, we're going to have a super event. I'll call it for the moment. Um, but about a year from now, we really look forward to working with community partners, but let's put Indiana in its rightful place on the national and global stage with a major event that is cross vertical where we're bringing together B2B, ag tech, right? Life sciences, healthcare, um, uh, all those kinds of things in one place to, to really develop energy and more partners, not only in the state, but across the nation, across the globe. Well, I can guarantee you, you have a partner in Agronovas. Ag Bioscience will be a big piece of that. I, I guarantee it. it. I can't wait. I love it. Uh, Christopher Tofe Day, he is the CEO of Elevate Ventures. Tofe, thanks so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Mitch. It was, it was a blast to be here. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. And thank you for tuning in to Ag Bioscience. You can get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights from discussions just like this by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there... You can access our entire library of archived episodes, and you can always learn more at agronovasindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovas team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agronovas Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Mitch Frazier, panel episodes by Gary Dick, produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez, photography by Kaylee Kerr, to get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agronovisindiana.com.